Okie dokie. Hi guys. I'm not used to using this particular equipment, so it took me a hot minute. Also, just to be super real with you guys, my seven-year-old is having a full-on meltdown about having to do schoolwork right now. So it's one of those days. It's one of those quarantine days. We're going to talk today about the idea of mindset. What does it mean? What does mindset mean? Why does it matter? Why is it so essential in the season that we're a part of? So, you know, first of all, mindset is something that we have been talking about for literally years. We have been talking about how important it is to focus your thoughts because so often, if we don't do that, if we aren't intentional about what we're thinking or how we're thinking, our mind will kind of run away with us. And this is something that is always important, but it is especially important in quarantine. When there is crisis, when there are things happening in the world that are completely outside our control, our, our mind doesn't care that they're outside of our control, it will try and control them anyway. And it will it will try and control what's happening by giving you things to worry about. And, and if I'm saying something that you're like, man, that's me, please raise your hand and be like, I have been there, I've done that thing. Um, our, this mind is, is, it's been around since the very beginning of mankind, right? And on some level, we are still very much an animal mind, meaning saber-toothed tiger, be on the lookout for danger, protect the cubs, make sure everything's okay. Your mind is wired to constantly look for what might go wrong. Back in the day when you were a you, when there were cavemen and they had to be on the lookout for like something that might eat them when there were predators that could take them out, they had to, you had to for survival's sake, be on the lookout for things that might go wrong. But that's not the case today, but our minds still are in that state. And so they're constantly trying to figure out, is this person safe? Is this scenario okay? What might happen here? What? The root of so much anxiety is your head trying to make you safe by telling you all of the things that you should worry about. Anxiety is fear of a made up future. You are making up things in your mind. Anxiety is very rarely based on factual things in our lives. It is usually based on all of the imagination that we come up with. like. What if this happens? What if, what if so-and-so gets sick? What if I lose my job? What if, what if, what if? And you are taking all of your power away from your present state and giving it to a future that doesn't actually exist. Mindset has always, always mattered, but never more so than now. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. What's really interesting about this idea is this is not that we were talking. I was talking. Uh, we had a, a, a Zoom double date last night with um, our friends Tom and Lisa Billu. I don't know if any of you all follow the Billus, um, but we were talking about how interesting it is to be a teacher in the personal development space right now, or teaching on growth because. The lessons that we're teaching right now are the same exact things that we have been teaching for two years, five years, 10 years. It's just that they matter now more than they ever have before. Um, I wanna, oh, I, I wanna take real quick, I just wanna go into comments. Um, so Alicia said, I'm a teacher, so this has been a struggle to not be in the classroom. I felt like I lost my why, but you have helped slowly get back to the new normal. 
Friday getting the news that school's closed for the year was so hard, Alicia. I'm sure. I know. I um I don't know what that feels like to be a teacher, but I certainly know what it feels like to be a parent and to have a fifth grader who all the best parts of, of fifth grade, like all the things the fifth graders do at the end of the year are, are done for him. And the kids definitely miss their friends and, you know, want to be able to get back to where they were. And so I understand this idea of having lost the why. And here's the, here's the clincher with that is like, if you've lost your why, then the worry becomes, the anxiety becomes, when will I have it again? When will I feel this sense of purpose again? And the truth is you have to create that in yourself. Every single day we have to create in ourselves a sense of why, a sense of purpose, a sense of who we are. In fact, I think that what, what quarantine is bringing to light for so many people is how much joy, how much fulfillment, how much ego, how much certainty was wrapped in things that were external. I think that what many of us are realizing right now is how many parts of our, of like who we are, were built on what was happening out in the world instead of inside of us. And this is true almost across the board for everybody. And it gives us this incredible opportunity to get back to our core values, who we are here, who we want to be, who we are striving to be, what we believe in. This is an opportunity to build a foundation. If right now you feel like you've lost a part of yourself because you have lost the identity that existed for you out in the world. I know that that can feel disconcerting, but it's also, if you choose to see it this way, it is an incredible opportunity for you. An incredible opportunity. And that's not just lip service. That is the reality because look, you have a choice right now. Every single one of us has a choice about how we will take on this time period. Every single one of us gets to decide if we will allow what's happening in the world to knock the wind out of our sails, to, to take away our why, to take away our mission, to take away who we thought we were, or we get to decide that we will build the core and the foundation of who we are in here. So that no matter what, for the rest of our lives, no matter what's happening in the world around us, no matter who we're interacting with, who we are was never dependent on something outside of ourselves. It was always about what was going on in here, okay? So I know that it's scary to face this change. I know that there's uncertainty in it, but you are a teacher, you are an educator. It What it, what it makes me think of is like, you didn't need the classroom to be a teacher. We're seeing that in real time. I'm watching my children's teachers learn to teach them virtually because the fact that they're an educator, the fact that they're a leader for children in this way didn't stop just because there's no classroom. Uh, I know we're, we have people watching from all over the world. We have people from all different beliefs and I'm so glad that you're here and you are welcome in this community. And I'll, I will say that I grew up in the Christian faith and a couple of weeks ago it was Easter Sunday and in the Christian faith Easter Sunday is our most important holiday and it's a huge deal for our family it always has been and it was the first time in my entire life 37 years it was the first time in my entire life that I wasn't at church on Easter Sunday and I could still cry about it right now I was I was it was very sad for me, as I know it was very sad for so many of you. And I had to remind myself, I had to shift my mindset and remind myself in the same way that, that you teachers or anyone who sort of felt like they've lost the identity or they lost the why because they've lost the space that that why was showing up, I had to remind myself Easter was never about the church. Easter was never about the building. It was never about going inside of a church. Easter was never about that for us. Easter, if that's something that you practice in your faith, still exists for you, even without the four walls of the church that you were used to going inside of. And it's the same with 
the mindset that you have to have in the space that we're in, you are the same person. See, you think that your identity was tied to something outside there. You think that your identity was tied to the office that you used to go into. You think that your identity was about the job that you just got furloughed from. You thought that your identity was about something outside yourself and your identity has always only ever been here. So if you hopefully know me, uh, you know my last couple books, uh, Girl Wash Your Face and Girl Stop Apologizing and I was finished with my next book. It was set to come out in December. Uh, it was all about health and body image. I had worked on it for several years. I'm very excited about the topic. It felt really important to talk about with women why we have this, um, these feelings, these negative feelings about our body and the way that we are. And we were in the first week of quarantine and I was like, this is not the right book. This is not the right book. I don't want to pretend that this season that we're in, I don't want to pretend that it's not happening. And I don't want to pretend that it didn't happen because the reality, and I know that this sucks, you guys, but the reality is that we're going to be in this sort of limbo for a little while. And when I say a little while, I mean maybe a long while because it just is like regardless of what is happening in the media and what people are saying and that to be safe, to keep our family safe. I know there's a lot of parents watching right now. Like you're not gonna run out. Even if someone told you like, oh, it's fine. It's not fine. You know it's not fine. You're not gonna run back out into the world. So there's a chance we're gonna be in this quarantine, in this place for a minute. And I called my editor and I'm like, hey, I don't, I think we have to hold the, I have, think we have to hold the health book. I think it's something else. I think, I want to talk about what it feels like to be in this state. I want to talk about grief. I want to talk about mourning. I want to talk about how in the heck you can choose positivity, mindset, courage, bravery, hope. Like how do we cling to those things even when it's hard, right? And so this morning as I was preparing to come here, I was like, well, maybe I could share a little bit of what I'm writing. Um, which my editor will probably kill me, but better to ask for permission or forgiveness than permission. Um, but give me a heart, give me a thumbs up if you're like, okay, yes, even though it's a first draft and it's probably garbage, share a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna find a paragraph uh, to talk to you guys about. So first I'll just give you a little bit of an insight of what, um, of the mindset shift that I'm in right now, which was, I refuse to mourn this quarantine that is a privilege. This quarantine that I'm inside of is a privilege. If I get to be safe at home, I am privileged because there are millions of people all over the world who are not able to be in quarantine. There are essential workers all over the world who are out there, nurses, doctors, grocery store workers, truck drivers, delivery people who have to show up every day, who don't have the blessing of getting to stay in quarantine like you and I do, right? And so I made the decision at the very beginning that I would choose to see this as a blessing. And so this idea, this shift was about how do I look for the goodness in this? How do I look for positivity in this? Because if I look for the positivity in this, I will be able to find it. And if all I look for is, remember what I said at the beginning, that, that sort of caveman mindset of like, where's the danger? What's gonna happen? What if, what if, what if? If I stay in that place, I'm not gonna serve myself. So. I think the reason that I wanted to talk about this subject so much, that I wanted to talk about it in the new book is because I feel like I am unfortunately or fortunately uniquely positioned to talk about what it is to come back from trauma, to talk about what it is to walk through hard seasons. In times of chaos, I'm reading, and guys, this is a first draft, so please don't judge. <laughs> because I've been through this weird limbo before, because I'm familiar with terror, 
because I have walked again and again through pain, and I am still here to write this down for you, I can also find peace in the storm faster than most. This time of quarantine was, and, uh, and every week after was terrifying, but it did not shake me loose my mooring. Instead, I allowed the pressure to anchor me more firmly into the earth. In times of chaos, there isn't room to wonder or worry about what comes next. What comes next doesn't matter. When you're trying to survive this moment in your life, anything longer than today seems impossible and so I don't even try. I've been here before in this suspended reality, only this time I get to exist here without grief. I'm not sure that everyone had the same reprieve I'm not sure that others walk through this season without ever encountering real panic. And don't get me wrong, I certainly vacillate between moments of anxiety or frustration or sadness when news reports find their way to me. But I have always known that we will come through it. That's one of the most powerful and also the most difficult parts of being a survivor. You understand that this will be another hardship to add to many others. You understand that just because you'll keep waking up each morning doesn't mean that it won't cost you something to keep going. I knew that we would be just fine. I'm, hold on, I'm editing out some parts that I don't want to share just yet. I fight back negative emotions when they bubble up with the absolute truth that negative emotions will not serve me. What they will do is rob me of any strength that I have in the presence. So I learned to walk barefoot again. I baked a chocolate cake and licked the icing off the mixture attachments and never one time worried about the calories. I remembered things, good things and hard things and things I used to love. I remembered them all and I remembered what is true. I remembered living through a dozen terrible seasons, each awful in their own way, and I thought long and hard about what I'd want to tell you as you navigate your own awful hard times. This book was written during a dark time no matter where you were in the world. It is a collection of the things I would have you know. I want you to know that what's good has always been good. The smell of coconut sunblock, a five-year-old showing you the spot where his front tooth used to be, a home-cooked meal, when your love kisses that exact spot on the back of your neck, a grandmother's handwriting, a job well done, the kindness of strangers, the human spirit, an Appaloosa horse, the ritual of your faith, laughing until you pee your pants a little bit, Holiday dessert tables, first birthday parties, a perfect cup of coffee. What's good will always be good. And one of the most awful, beautiful things about the hard season is that unless we experience the hardship, we'll never truly appreciate the good that was always good. You get to choose how you look at this time, you guys. You get to choose it. And I know it's not easy. And I also know that I am so freaking lucky and blessed right now because I know I have friends and family members who have lost friends and family members to the virus, but it hasn't touched anyone directly connected to me. So the sadness that I am experiencing is removed. And I understand that that is not something that all of you can say. I understand that I still have my job and that is not something that all of you can say. I understand that. I understand that I stand in a position of immense privilege and am talking to you about having mindset. When you are maybe in a season where you're like, screw you and your mindset, Rachel, because you don't know how hard it is to be me. But let me tell you something that you need to hear me say right now. What I know about mindset, I learned in the worst seasons. What I know about mindset, I learned inside of trauma. 
What I, what I know about mindset, I learned when all of the cards were overdue, when the car was going to get repossessed, when my phone had been shut off, when I was working three jobs and still not surviving, that's when I learned my mindset. I didn't learn it now. I got here now. I am here now because of the mindset that I learned when it was hard. There are lots of people who will say that it is easier to sit down, to lay down, to not fight back, to just wait and see. And man, if you can do that, hold on, I want to make sure I'm tight. Um, if you can do that, you guys, if you can lay down and wait and see, if you can watch Netflix, if you can go stream stuff for the next three months and you're good, live your life, man. If you can go take a vacation from reality, if you are blessed enough financially, if you don't have anybody counting on you, go do that. But the rest of us have people who are counting on us. We have to keep showing up. I have 60 employees who need me to be strong so they're still a company, so they still have jobs that pay their bills and feed their babies. I have four kids right now who are struggling with being cut off from the world that they know, who are uncertain, who are unsure. Like, I have to be strong. I have to control my mindset because if I don't control my mindset, then I'm not able to lead them well. That's why we came up with this idea for a virtual conference. That's why I was like, dude, we need to take what we do at a RISE conference. And if you have ever been with at a RISE conference with us, business conference, if you've been to our women's weekend, you know how powerful it is. You know the energy. You know what it is to have these teachers speak to you. That's why we decided to do one. May 2nd, 10 days away. I had the team. They've linked the, the, the web address if you guys want to go check it out. The least expensive ticket is $40. $40 for eight hours of programming. Me and some of my favorite teachers in the world talking about mindset, leadership, courage, speaking specifically to the time we're at. This is not you watching a conference from four months ago with stuff that isn't relevant right now because it's different now. You have to be strong right now. You have to be. People are counting on you. You are counting on you. And it is possible to choose your outlook, but you have to fight for it. So let me tell you a few of the things that um, I, I do that are really helpful to me. I just happened to see this question, so I want to make sure and answer it. Um, Amber just said, what's your favorite book on mindset? Um, um, oh, it's going to, hold on. It might even be right here. Uh, why can't I think of it? Uh, Carol Dweck, guys. Oh, it's literally called Mindset. <laughs> That's why I didn't know. It felt too easy. Uh, Carol Dweck has a phenomenal book called Mindset, which is all about uh, growth mindset or fixed mindset. It is super interesting. You will very quickly be able to identify everyone you know and yourself through which lens they are. It will change your life. I highly, highly recommend it. Thank you. Kelsey's like, yeah, Rachel, it's called mindset. I've, that's hilarious. Okay, so a couple of things that I do because I really think it's important for teachers to give you tactics, not just sort of pump you up and like tell you motivational sayings, but truly give you some tactics that help them to control mindset. So really tactical things, you guys. If you're taking notes right now, just write down a bunch of them, kind of come back to it later. So um, in quarantine, one of the most powerful things that I am doing to control my mindset is I am as much as possible sticking to the same habits and routines that I had before I went into quarantine. For real. I am waking up every day at 5 a.m. just like I was. I'm doing my full morning routine just like I was. I take a shower every single day. I put on a bra. I put on jeans. I put a little makeup on. I do my hair every single weekday. I show up the same way that I would if I was going to the office. I'm a little bit more casual than I would normally be going to the office, but I'm still showing up and getting my life together. And there's a reason why. There is a method to this madness. It is because your brain is wired to things that have formally happened to you. So your, your brain is constantly looking at your life through the lens of what it knows. It is trying to explain everything that's happening around you at any given moment through the lens of what has already occurred. So for me, I don't know if any of you have ever struggled with anxiety or depression, but I have. And 
in times in my past when I was struggling with depression, I had really bad postpartum depression, and I didn't shower, I didn't change out of pajamas, didn't put a bra on, didn't brush my hair, stayed in bed, stayed on the couch, basically kept me and my baby alive. Like that, it was, I was a mess. And so when I do something along those lines, when I don't shower, when I stay in pajamas, when I don't brush my hair, my brain signals to me that something is wrong. I don't know, do you guys ever find that? Like I start to feel depressed even if I wasn't. I, and then I start to feel anxious, you ever have this? Where you start to feel anxiety that you're about to go back to a place of depression. So it just creates a very unhealthy state for me all because I didn't take a shower. The flip side of that is by going through my same rituals, by clinging to my same habits, it keeps me in the frame of mind that I would. Like, okay, it's time to go to work. This has also been really helpful, I think, for me to be mindful of the fact that like there's Monday through Friday and then there's Saturday and Sunday. A lot of my friends have told me that they really struggle with how monotonous the quarantine feels because they feel like all seven days of the week feel the same. And I think that you must, listen to me, you must find a way to make your workday feel different than your weekend. You must. Even if you're a student and you're like, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have a job, whatever. Find a, a way to make days feel different even if you make each day of the week like hey on Mondays Mondays are the day that I go on a long walk with the dog and Tuesdays are the day that I call my Mima and Wednesdays are the day that I try and do a hundred push-ups like I'm just making it could literally be anything but try and find a way to make your days feel distinct it will help it not to feel monotonous for you so clinging to rituals and habits that I had before all of this started. The other thing that I do, guys, and like, if you're in my community, you've heard me say this a bajillion times, and there's a reason why. I am I'm a deep, deep, deep believer in the importance of a morning gratitude practice and starting your day with intentionality. And can I ask the team who's watching, can someone also link out to our Start Today journal uh, on the starttoday.com start um, just in case anyone wants to go check it out. I'm going to tell you about it because I think it's really important, but if you don't want to buy a product, you don't need to. You can do this practice in any notebook that you have. I'll tell you right now how to do it. So in the Start Today journal, I take you through a meditation on where you want to go with your life. Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? And I think that's incredibly valuable right now during quarantine. So we do this whole practice. The opening pages are all about figuring out where you want to go and who you want to be. And then every single day, there's a prompt. So every single day, I write down five things that I'm grateful for and then 10 dreams that if my future best version of myself, the best version of me, if those, if that was the life I really had, then these 10 dreams would be made real. And then I ask myself every day, I start my day by saying, what's the thing that I'm gonna work on first? So normally, I um, normally I do this practice about 10 years in my future. I, I have big, huge, crazy goals. But during quarantine, I've honestly been focusing on what are the 10 things, listen to me, because I know I have lots of you on here Start Today Journal users, listen to this. Consider, just for now, switching out your 10 dreams for the person that you wanna be when you come out of quarantine. If quarantine, I know you don't wanna hear this, you guys. If quarantine were to last for three more months, if it were, that's a lot. But what if it, what if it did? If I'm wrong and three weeks from now we're all back out in the world and everyone's safe and healthy, then this didn't hurt you in any way. This is a great exercise to go to. But if I'm right, and it's gonna be three or four months that we're still here, this would be incredibly powerful for every single day for you to claim who is it that you wanna be. And here's two things you need to know about this practice. You don't have to buy the Start Today Journal. If you want to, we have a whole new line at Target, target.com, we got a planner, we got a journal, whatever. But you don't have to do that. You can do this in any notebook. I did this for years in a notebook, but here's the two things I want you to know about the practice. Today I'm grateful for, 
you need to write down things that have happened in the past 24 hours. This is the most powerful way to control your mindset. Listen to me. Write down five things that you are grateful for, that you feel incredibly lucky to have been a part of that happened in the last 24 hours. And I don't want you to write big things. I don't want you to write because people tend to kind of like brush over this. They're like, I'm grateful for my health, which is so important right now. But they'll be like, I'm grateful for my health, grateful for my marriage, grateful for my car, grateful for my dog, grateful for And it doesn't mean anything to them. They don't feel it. The entire point of starting your day with gratitude is that you need to feel gratitude, deep, deep gratitude for the fact that you got to experience that moment. So I recommend that people don't write down big things. I want you to write down little things. My, my, I'll read you some of mine so you can see the kind of things that I write down. Um, I am grateful. Uh, here I said I was grateful for a chance to talk to my editor. This was back in February. I wrote down that I was grateful that my cold sore was starting to leave. Um, I was grateful my son, I was out of town on this trip. I was on a trip and my son called me and told me good night. Um, I, let's see. I was grateful for a dinner with my friends. I was grateful for a good workout. I was grateful for a cup of coffee. I was grateful for the Hamilton soundtrack singing at the top of my lungs with the boys on the way to school. I was grateful for Jackson being in a play. I, and by the way, this also works as this like beautiful diary. Don't do this. So I have, I don't know if you can see, like I have um, all of my, like I have all my journals over here, all my collection of journals and notebooks even before I had the journal. And it works like this diary of, of blessings. Here's why it's important to write it down every single day. It's important to write it down every single day because if you know that you've got to fill this guy in with five things that you're grateful for, you will spend the next 24 hours looking for things to be grateful for. This is how you control your mindset. You force yourself to look for things to be grateful for, right? Okay, so so real quick, um, look around you right now. Look around in the room right now. You can even look on the screen behind me. And I want you to look for, this is like an old, personal development practice. But I want you to look really quickly, look around your room right now for things that are blue. Just count as fast as you, how, how many things can you see that are blue? How many things can you see that are blue? Just count, real quick, just like give me a number. You're like, that's blue, that's blue, my books are blue, blue, blue shirt, blue jeans, blue on my shoes. Everyone just look for blue things, blue things, blue things, blue things, blue things. Now, give me, just throw on a number. Everyone, I, I, cause I see your comments, I want you to comment right now and just say like, real quick, how many blue things did you see? Like, did you see 10 things? Did you see 50? Did you see three? Did you see blue things in your room? So I'm gonna wait a minute because I want this to catch up. Your comments are a little behind. So like, tell me, yes, her STJ journal is three. Um, let's see, five blue things, Ten, at least 10 items. At least, no, here's why. Hopefully y'all saw some blue things. Did you see blue things? Did you notice the things in your room that were blue in this moment? when you weren't looking for them. Sit with that for a minute. Before I prompted you to find things in your room that were blue, did you see them? No, because unless you are asking yourself, unless you are giving your mind a prompt, it is not going to be on the lookout. And so unless you do something that says, I'm gonna challenge myself today to look for blessings, you're not gonna see it. And if you know that every single morning, if you create a habit of every single morning fighting for your gratitude, then every single morning you are going to be writing things down. Then every single day you're going to be like, oh my, that was funny. I need to remember that for, for, my, for my journal in the morning. And oh, this cup of coffee was great. I need to remember that for my journal in the morning. So there's something very powerful about prompting yourself. It's why we call it start today. Because I think one of the most powerful things that you can do is start your day with gratitude and intention. So if you want more information on it, starttoday.com. If you don't want to buy anything, oh my gosh, no worries. Go listen to episode 72. 
72 of my podcast, the Rise podcast, I walk you through the entire process. I read the opening chapters. I believe in this process so much, I give it away for free all the time. So go listen to episode 72 and it'll take you through it. But it's one of the most powerful things that I know of to control your mindset. If you are just joining us, thanks so much for being here. Uh, I'm doing this class every single day for the next three days. So at 10 a.m. Central, I'm teaching on a different topic. Today's all about mindset. And I'm teaching on this topic because 10 days from today on May 2nd, the, um, we're having our first ever virtual conference. We're super excited about the amount of people who have signed up. The least expensive ticket is $40. $40 for eight hours of programming and teaching on courage. How do you have courage as a leader in your family? How do you have courage for yourself? How can you be confident in yourself and your capabilities when everything around you seems so uncertain? It's gonna be fire, it's gonna be powerful, it's gonna be tactical, and then because it's a RISE conference, yes, of course, we will be ending the day with a finale and a one hour happy hour DJ session when my dear friends Asan is DJing for an hour and wherever you are you're gonna make yourself a mocktail you're gonna make yourself a cocktail and you are gonna watch a DJ with whoever you are in quarantine with and you're gonna have a fantastic time it is on May 2nd um, I'm gonna ask the team to pin the link again uh, but you can always find out more information on thehollisco.com. Thehollisco.com, right up at the top, has information about Rise Live, and we hope that you can do it. And right now, if you're like, I really am liking this teaching, I'm liking this information, but hey, Rach, I don't have money to spend. Oh my gosh, no worries. Have you signed up for our next 90 Days Challenge? We are doing this community-wide challenge to commit to living through quarantine with intentionality. So it's this collection of like-minded people, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world, and every single week, I release a new lesson. It's like a 30-plus minute lesson. Dave did it last week on Habits. It was an hour long. You can sign up at any point, and you get all of the lessons. It's in a learning portal. It is 100% free. It's not a marketing tactic, it's not an upsell, it is something that we wanted to do. We, we do it once a year, but we don't normally do it during a pandemic, but it felt like the right time. Um, so there's a ton of free resources for you. If you can't afford to do Rise Live, no worries. There's still so much teaching that you can get. Head on over to thehollisco.com forward slash next 90. That's next nine zero. So those are all our things. I'm telling you about all the things. We're talking about mindset today. We're talking about how important it is to reach for a more positive version of your reality and that you get the choice. And I wanna make sure that I don't wrap up. We've got about 15 minutes left. I wanna make sure I promise I do Q&A. So I wanna really talk about what what you're struggling with in mindset, like what is happening in your very real life right now that you're like, I don't know how to have this mindset or I don't know how to shake off the way that I'm feeling or these are the, t tell me what's going on and let me answer some questions directly from you guys. Struggling with being productive due to depression, Rosalind says. That makes total sense. I mean, I guess my first question, Rosalind, um, and for sort of anybody who's struggling with this particular thing, can you tell me, do you have a job that you're working at? Are you out in the world? Are you home? So like, give me the context of how you're struggling and why you're struggling. Like someone who's struggling working virtually and they're single is very different than someone who's struggling and they're working virtually with three kids. Like give me some context. I'd love to speak to exactly where you're at. Um, oh no, Sarah said, my husband is in the ICU and I can't go visit him and I don't know how to stay positive. Sarah, that is so stressful and that is so scary and being strong all the time in the midst of that would be impossible so i'm not going to ask you to do the impossible what i'm going to ask you to do is to find a why that's bigger why do you need to be strong right now do you need to be strong right now for him does he need to know that you're taking care of yourself and that you're safe and that you're fighting for strength even though it's scary? Do you have children? Do you need to be strong for your children? Do you need to be strong for um, his family, right? Do you need to be strong for your in-laws? And the reason that I'm asking you who do you need to be strong for is that oftentimes we will struggle to find courage for ourselves 
but we will find courage for other people. And that's a, that's a, I don't want to say easy, but that's kind of a way that you can hack your courage. You can hack your courage because you can think, I have to be strong for him right now. I have to be strong for my kids right now if you have them. There's something greater than yourself at stake here, and that is the only thing that is going to make you have the mindset that you want to have. If you want to have a stronger mindset, then you're gonna have to find a why that's bigger than the one that you have currently, and I know that that's hard, but it starts with making it, making it essential. Making it a must. Why must you be strong enough right now? Not just because you should, not just because it's cute, not just because it looks good on the internet. Why must you be strong? If you can give yourself leverage like that, you're untouchable. Oh, okay, so Chelsea said, mindset struggle, I hate being my son's teacher and I feel guilty for hating it. Chelsea, do not feel guilty for that. Nobody except for except for the queens and kings of homeschooling signed up to be a teacher and it is hard. I have a kid that is like sitting down every day doing his work, checking it off. He's a little achiever, he's getting it done. And then I have kids that are like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this. I'm going to cry the whole day about having to write a sentence. It's going to take me a whole day to write a sentence right? Like that's what we're dealing with right now. I don't think that you should feel guilty for that. In fact, I think that if you keep that locked down inside, you are going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel bitter and it's going to come out as a resentment towards your son. And this is not his fault either. That's the why that's bigger than you. You are going to have to make that mindset shift because he didn't ask for this either. He would rather be at school. He would rather be with his friends. He would rather be with his teacher than at home stuck right? So you are going to have to make the mindset shift of like, why is it a privilege that you even get to do that? Or let's even, let's even step back. Let's not talk about mindset for a second. How can you hack the teaching to make it easier to do it? Are there times of day when it would be, when he would be in a better mood and you would be in a better mood and that's the time to take on the distance learning? Are there um, certain ways that he learns that would be different? Could you, like literally the other day, my, my seven-year-old was like freaking out about writing a sentence. And he did that thing where like, you know, when they get so upset and you're like, we're past the point of return, like he's not gonna come back. He's crying and he's so upset that he like can't even. And I was like, let's go play ping pong. Let's go play ping pong. Let's go jump in the pool. Let's go run around the yard. Let's literally go do something physical to shake you out of this state. Because at that point, we need to come at it in a totally different way. So instead of trying to control your mindset, why don't you first try and make sure that you are setting yourself up for success as much as possible. So Kelsey just said, how do you deal with the one who is crying over the homework? So struggling not to yell at my nine-year-old about this. He's so smart, but he's being so lazy. So, okay, again, let's come at this from another angle. Is he being lazy or something bigger at play? Um, or, uh, this is, you know, take this for what it's worth, but um, I, our kids aren't allowed to do anything fun until the schoolwork's done. So there's no tech, there's no, they're nothing. Like, you have to do these things in order to earn those things. So maybe, are you letting them have access to the fun stuff before they do the schoolwork? Because if that's the case, why wouldn't he be lazy? Why wouldn't he choose the thing that he'd rather not do? Or is he struggling? Like when my kids have the hardest time is when they really are struggling to do the work that's in front of them. And so it just takes a little bit more care than sort of like, hey, here, go do this worksheet. Like everyone, literally everyone who is at home right now trying to work with kids, please be graceful to yourself. This is not about mindset and hyping yourself up enough to like make your... No, this is hard. This is so hard. And people are expecting a lot out of parents and a lot out of teachers and a lot out of virtual workers and a lot out of essential workers. And like, there's a lot being expected because it just sort of is, right? So at the very least, be graceful with yourself. So my friend is single working mother, four kids with a husband who is terminally ill and assisted living. How do I support her if she can't see the positive? So in that scenario, if you guys have people in your life who are really truly in the grips of hardship, like real pain, real suffering, suffering that can't be helped, 
What we're talking about today with the idea of mindset is suffering that can be helped. With a friend or family member who's struggling with suffering that can't be helped, the support for her is to not encourage her to see the positive. Because when my brother died, if someone had been like, look at the positive, I would have punched them in the face. You can't hear those words right now. And so you shouldn't even try. The question should not be, how do I support her to see the positive in this season? The question should be, how do I support her full stop? How do I support her? Can I send her a Starbucks gift card? Can I ask to um, FaceTime with her kids every single night so that she gets a little break so that someone's entertaining the kids? Can I send a letter to the husband? Can I send, can I do grocery shop? Can, what can I do? How do I support this person? Because there are certain seasons where a mindset shift is not what is needed. What's needed is a hug. What's needed is to show up, right? So focus on that. Someone said, how do you do that with a 17-year-old boy? I'm guessing that you're talking about this idea of getting them to do their schoolwork. I mean, does he have a phone? Take it away. That's what I would do. You don't get that thing unless you do your job. And your job right now at 17 is to get your schoolwork done. And the reality with schoolwork is that even though there's a lot, they can accomplish it much faster because they're not walking to different classes or they're not just like, sit down and get the work done, bro. You wanna look at TikTok? Great, sit down and get the work done. I mean, this is not really what this is about, but I will use this opportunity to remind you all with the love in my heart that these are not your friends. These are your children. And if you want to effectively raise children to be good functioning members of society, right now you're having an incredible teachable moment. Right now your kids are seeing that life has shifted and gone a bit sideways and you are showing them how you react to that. Are you showing them that it's okay to stop doing what they're required to do? Because like you guys, right? You can't stop working. You can't stop paying the bills. And son, you can't stop doing your schoolwork just because we're in quarantine. Find a way. And if you want the perks that come with being a teenager, whatever that looks like in your house, then this is what's required to get it done. One of the things that I'm seeing questions about is this idea of having a hard time with mindset in quarantine because you keep wondering when. You keep wondering, when is it gonna be over, right? You keep saying like, when, 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 when. That's your favorite W word right now. Like raise your hand, give me an emoji if that's something you're struggling with. If it makes you spiral to think about when. When we are focused on when, what we're really asking is not when is quarantine over, what we're really asking is when do I get my life back? When, does it go back to normal? When will I be more comfortable than I am right now? And what sucks, but I have to tell you this, is that you don't. You don't get your life back. Whether you are dealing with trauma, whether you've walked through a divorce, whether you've lost someone that you love, whether you're going through a global pandemic, you, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say this in a harsh way, but you will never have the life that you had before we went into quarantine. You can't go back to the person that you were. You can't go back to the way that it was because it won't ever be the same. If right now they told us that we could go out in the world, you guys, it wouldn't be the same experience. We're scared now. We're nervous. Some of you have lost your businesses. Some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you have lost family members and loved ones. You will never go back to what it was. You keep spiraling out about this idea of when, and the truth is there is such incredible power in acceptance. Stop asking when and start being here now. This moment, this version of you, this version of your family is what it is. It won't go back to what it was not ever because you won't go back to what it was. Even if you live in denial, even if you wanna pretend it's not true, you have been changed. 
We have all been changed as a global society. We are being changed every day by what is happening in the world, which means there is no when. There's only what's next. What does the world look like now? How is it better? How is it different? What are the opportunities that are there? What does this mean for me? What does this mean for my job? What does this mean for my family? What does this mean for my business? The peace comes from you accepting that this is what it is. That's why it's so important to have foundations built around who you are and what you know is true. Because if you have foundations built around that, then nothing can be taken away from you, right? It can't be taken away, it can't be removed, it can't be shifted or different or whatever because this won't ever change no matter what, no matter how much the world outside of me changes, who I am will always remain the same. Worrying about when is not gonna help you. It's going to give you more anxiety. I want you to do everything in your power to focus on now. Focus on right now. Focus on what you can control in this day. My house has never been more organized. My, my spoon drawers have never looked better, right? Things are clean. Think, why? Does it even matter? Does it matter that I organize all my pasta? Did that matter? No, but it was something that I could control in this day. When I start to worry about the future, when I start to wish for the past, I come back to here and now. And some people, you know, Jay Shetty, incredible teacher, he'll teach all about meditation and how to get into the now through that. The way that I know how to get into the now, cleaning my house, seriously, organizing the pantry, just doing something, planting a garden, focusing on something that right now in this moment I am in control of reminds me that this moment is all I have. Because you, even if you had the answer, even if you knew exactly the exact day that you'd be allowed to go back out into the world, it'll never be normal again. There is no normal, there's only now. And if you are spiraling out and you're struggling with anxiety and you're struggling with having the right mindset about the world that you're in, it's because you think that there's something wrong with the world that you're in. You think that it's different or wrong and that it should be something else, but we can't fight with what is. Um, oh, one of my favorite quotes, I'm trying to remember who said it. Um, Byron Katie said, defense is the first act of war. Defense is the first act of war. The second that you try and defend it, the second that you try and ask why, the second that you open yourself up to frustration and battle, even if it's with yourself, it just is. And the moment that you start to embrace what is, you can make a life for yourself. You can make a life for your family. You can live a beautiful existence no matter what is happening in the world but you must accept where you are today. Guys, I hope this time today has been helpful to you. I hope something that I've said about mindset um, has sparked an idea in you or maybe given you some tactics to try at home. I will be back here tomorrow at the same time, 10 a.m. Central here on Facebook. If you wanna come hang out with me tomorrow and hold on, I will tell you exactly what we're talking about because my team gave me, gave me notes. Tomorrow we are talking about routine health and fitness, working from home, what to do um, for your routine for your like mental health if you're an extrovert versus a, an introvert, spirituality, gratitude, we're doing it all tomorrow, 10 a.m., I'll be back here. Um, I love you, and until I see you again, I'm rooting for you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of The Rise Podcast. Coming up next, we have our next 90 days teaching sneak peek right after this message from one of our sponsors. Welcome back to our weekly next 90 days check-in. Our team is hard at work bringing you all of the things to keep your motivation high and your cup filled as we tackle this wild, hard season of quarantine. If you're not familiar with our next 90 days challenge, then let me give you a little insight. Each and every week, we pick a theme that we feel like will be helpful, honestly, to us, but also to our community during this time. So it's things like finding joy or creating great habits or what is truly essential or 
how to be productive. It's all of the things that we feel like we're struggling with a bit. And every single week, along with the theme, myself or Dave teach a digital lesson. And along with that digital lesson, you get free downloads and workbooks and different things to work through all inside our learning portal. And here is the best part. It is 100% free. It was our chance to give back to our community who has supported us so much. So if you like the sound of this lesson, if it feels like it might be interesting to you, then head over to thehollisco.com forward slash next 90. That's thehollisco.com forward slash N-E-X-T nine zero. Or you can click on the link that are in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, hello. My name's Dave. I live here. Thanks for having me. Uh, welcome to Goals Week in the next 90-day challenge. All week this week, we're going to talk about goals, the importance of goal setting and how goals can act as a vehicle to help you, yep, get through the upside down times that we are experiencing in this quarantine, but also how goals and goal setting can be a very helpful thing in helping you get a step closer every day to the vision of your life that you'd hope to have unfold in the next two years, 10 years, 20 years worth of time, whatever that vision may be. So I thought I'd start by just having a quick conversation about why I believe Goal setting is so stinking important. Why it's worthy of us devoting an entire week's worth of time to this, our next 90 days week on goals. You know, goals just generally are an essential part of your development journey. They are an essential ingredient in your personal, your professional, your relational success, right? Number one, the goals create a roadmap for what success can look like in your life. Right? There's a famous Zig Ziglar quote, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Well, if you don't have a goal, then you're kind of wandering aimlessly. You're wandering hoping that you'll end up with the kind of life, the kind of success through quarantine, the kind of relationship, the kind of health that you'd like without actually having gotten specific about what it is that you are aiming for in the first place. Right? You, you've got to have a sense of where you're going, and you've got to, once you have a sense of where you're going, know what it's going to take to get there. And if you are able to define success and map what it's going to take to get there, then you actually give yourself that chance to enjoy that success. So number one, you got to have a roadmap to get to success, and goals are that roadmap. Number two, hope is not a strategy. Uh, you know, uh, we say that all the time around these parts, but the idea that you could hope to have the life that you'd like unfold, hope that you'd have the outcome of this quarantine unfold uh, without actually putting a vision of what you really want to have happen uh, on paper, in a journal, in something that has you casting a vision for what it is that you specifically want to have happen, uh, if you're just hoping that it's going to happen, man, you're leaving so many things to chance. And we've said hope is not a strategy for so long because uh, us hoping that we're going to make good decisions about how we fuel our bodies, how we fuel our minds, how we pour into our relationship or take care of ourselves with self-care, man, life is too crazy, especially during these times, to hope that it's just going to happen. So you have to paint a clear picture of what you're aspiring for, right? In quarantine, in life, no matter what we're talking about, once you have that vision, you set goals that help you reach that outcome. That's how you take hope out of the equation and replace it with specific goals. I mean, stay hopeful, but don't hope that your vision for the future or the way you want this quarantine to end up is just going to happen by chance. It's not. Number three, growth starts from self-awareness. Growth starts from self-awareness. Dave, what does that have to do with goals? Well, goals give you a sense of where you're starting from and where you're going to. And without a sense of where you're starting or where you're going, you don't have any self-awareness. And in the absence of being aware of where you are and where you're headed, man, you are not going to make the kind of progress that you'd hope for. So goals give you that opportunity to make some progress in part because of you identifying where you are and where you want to go. 
Number four, life is a series of trade-offs, right? Like with discipline or routines, there's sacrifice and options and goals are the things in a life full of trade-offs that afford you some clarity on which choices to make and how those choices support the long-term vision of where you want to go and who you want to be, right? Uh, there are things inevitably that you have to trade as you are considering where you're headed. But at least if you have a goal, now you have an answer key as to which of the things you'd have to choose between are actually going to get you a step closer to where you're going. Five, in a chaotic world, goals afford focus. In a chaotic world, goals afford focus. Dang it, we need focus. I'm sure you've heard the saying before, if everything matters, nothing matters. Uh, and as much as, man, we've spent some time in this track talking about essentials. Uh, man, you know how much I love that book, Essentialism, right? You have to train your focus to what actually matters. And that focus is drawn by the setting of goals. When you have goals, now you have clarity on what matters, and more importantly, maybe, uh, what doesn't matter, right? So you set goals in part to create focus. Uh, number six, in a busy world, goals create efficiency, right? We're all operating with the same 24 hours in a day, and yet it feels like there are some who are hyper-productive in how they get the most out of every single day and others that struggle to get through their task list, to get through the day feeling like they have accomplished what they wanted. And I will argue that the difference in the person who's crushing 24 hours, being super efficient with how they're using their same amount of time that you have, it's because they have taken the opportunity to create a more direct line between what they say they want to accomplish and what they do accomplish because of having goals that give them that clarity. So in the opportunity to set goals, right? You've created this direct line, you know what you're focusing on, you accomplish those things and are now able to redirect the time that you haven't wasted on things that didn't matter to things that do, right? Now you get to indulge in some self-care, spend time with relationships that matter, hobbies that you care about, whatever it might be, because of the way you've been more efficient because of the focus that your goals afforded. 